Today's daf is daf Kufav, page 106 in Meseches Yavamis, and we are up to the very, very top words of today's daf, all the way on top. We have a fascinating, beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us, wide-ranging on a number of, of topics, a number of limudim. Let us get going. Says the Gemara Kufav Amar Aleph, top words, Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and so should we. Chalitza mut'es k'sheira. If chalitza is performed by mistake, it is still valid. It's a valid chalitza. You hear this? A chalitza done by mistake is valid. Says the Gemara, what's going on here? Ezui chalitza mutas. What is considered a toa chalitza? What's considered a chalitza that is a mistake that's still going to be valid? Amar Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish says, now if you, hear, if you ever hear Reish Lakish's name, who else do we know is coming up? Usually, Rabbi Yechanan, his brother-in-law, right? His beloved brother-in-law, the Chavrusas. So here we go. So Reish Lakish says, Let me tell you the case of a mistaken chalitza. You ready? If they tell the Yavam, do chalitza, and the Yavam thinks that the process of chalitza will he'll actually be marrying her as opposed to separating from her, you tell the guy, listen, let her take off your shoe and spit and say these psukim, say these verses. The guy's got no clue from one thing from the other. And if you let her do this, you're going to be married to her. And the guy's like, oh, I love this lady. Yeah, I can't wait to be married to her. And as soon as they're done, you say to him, uh, listen, sweetheart, you're really not married to her. It's a valid chalitza. So that you hit us. Now the question is, why would we do this? So hold your horses. We're going to get there. Amar le Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan says to Reish Lakish, Ani Shainan, I learned, Bein Shenizkavan Huvalein Nizkavan He doesn't the Brisa tell us whether he had Kavanah and she didn't, or whether she had Kavanah and he didn't. Bein Shenizkavan Huvalein Nizkavan Hu, Chalitza Tzapsula. It's not about the Chalitza. Don't tell me that a mistaken Chalitza is where we're tricking him, and it's still going to be valid if we know that you need both of their intent for it to be valid. You, you need both of them to know what's happening. And you're going to tell me under such circumstances it's going to be a valid chalitza? No way, no how. Okay? So Rabbi Echanan's right over here. Rabbi Echanan's right because Rabbi Echanan and Rish Lakish cannot argue on a brisa. So here we go. Says the Gemara Ella, rather, what's the case of a mistaken chalitza that's valid? Not when we trick him to say it's a marriage. Ella, rather, the case is, Here's what they do. He knows it's going to be a separation. But you know what they tell him? They tell the Yavam, Do Chalitza on condition that she pays you for it. In other we tell him, he'll make money off of this. Apparently, he didn't want to do Chalitza. And we say, listen, dude, do Chalitza, well, we'll give you a thousand bucks. Give you two thousand dollars. Make you happy? He's like, oh, for two thousand dollars, two hundred zuz, I'll do it. They do chalitza, and then we say, yeah, I tricked you. It's a valid chalitza. It's a mistake on his part for trusting, but it's still a valid chalitza because he had in mind what chalitza does. He had in mind the separation. Now listen to this. Tani and we learned their advice similarly that this actually is true. And now the Gemara is going to explain why we would do such a thing. Chalitza mu'etes muta'as. I'm sorry, not mu'etes. Chalitza muta'as. A, a uh, chalitza, uh, which is a mistake. 
Kshira is kosher. Ezri chalitza mutas. What's considered a mistake in chalitza? Kosher am lechalitza manash tetein lecham masayim zos. We tell him, listen, do chalitza. We'll give you some money. Umaisa bishachas. And it actually happened. There was a woman. Ready for the story? Shenafla lefnei yavam shein hagen la. She fell to a yavam who wasn't fit for her. Okay. Why wasn't it fit for her? Major age gap. Whatever it is. Whatever the circumstance around it, everybody objectively would agree this was not a good shidduch. And there's going to be a fascinating new idea that we're now being presented with. And that is, you know, until now we were talking about, do you want to do the mitzvah? Not, do you not want to do the mitzvah? And now we're actually going to be learning that the rabbis, whenever a, chal, a yibam opportunity came up, they would manipulate the situation to ensure that if it wasn't a good shidduch, it didn't go through. They would, they would take care of the woman. They, they made sure that, you know, that things were... What happened? There was a woman, she fell to a yavam. It, it was pasnished. It wasn't an appropriate type of marriage. Now, obviously, uh, the circumstance was, he wanted to do yibam, and she didn't. So she's kind of stuck, because she needs something done. So for we said to him, You know, give her, do chalitza, we'll give you some money. We'll give you 200 zuz. The story came from Rebbechir. Rebbechir said it actually was a kosher chalitza, even though they did not pay him the money. They didn't pay him the money. It was still going to be a valid chalitza. Let's keep going on this, another story. And then we're going to discuss why, even though it wasn't, it wasn't a follow through, and it seems to be a condition that you're going to pay him, why it's still going to be a valid chalitza. So let's keep going. Hahu da'asla kameh Rebbechir barab. There was... A fellow who came in front of Reb Bar Abba. And Omar lay, Reb Bar, Omar Law, I'm sorry. So there was a, a Yavam and Yavama that come to him. And Reb Bar Abba said to her, Omar Law, he says to the Yavama, Biti, my daughter. It's an expression of endearment. He says, my daughter, Amaydi, stand up. It's your turn. You have a mitzvah to do Yibam. In other words, there's a mitzvah to do. He's talking to her very, very gently because he wants to let her know that he only wants to do this if, if it's in her best interest. Okay? Amra, um, Amra le'ima. So the mother, apparently this widow's mother, um, said to Rav Bar Abba, Yeshivasa, he, he says, no, you know, her sitting, Zuhi Amidasa. Her sitting is really going to be her standing. Meaning, she doesn't want to do it. By her sitting down, she's showing that she's not really interested in going through it. So, Amar La, so he says, Yadatle, does, does she know him? Does she have a problem with what's going on here? Like, what, you know, what, what's, the, what, what's the story? Amr, Amr in. She says, yeah, my, my daughter knows the Yavam very well, right? Her brother-in-law. And we happen to be a family with a lot of money. My daughter herself has a lot of money. And she knows that the Yavam only wants to perform Yibam because he wants to marry up financially. He just wants her money. And he wants to take it from her. He wants to uh, take advantage of the situation. Okay, you hear this? So Amar La, so Rav Chia says to the Yavama, You don't like him? Is he not pleasant to you? Amar Lei, lie. She said to Rav Chia, no, I don't, I don't like him. Amar Lei, Rav Chia says to her, 
All right, let me tell you something. Omar Lay. Not law. Omar Lay. So Rabbi says to him, he says to the Yavam, now the Yavam wants to marry and make a lot of money. He wants to win the lottery. The Yavama says, nothing doing, I don't like him. So what did Rabbi do to help the situation? He says to him, Chalitzla, do Chalitza to her, Ubekachata Kainza. And by doing Chalitza, that's really how you do Yibam. You'll be married to her by letting her take off your shoe and spit and say the Psukim. That's how you're going to be married to her. The Bosar the Chalitzla, Amar Leh, then after he did Chalitza, he said to, her, he said to him, let me tell you something. You're not really married to her. But you're also not really chalitza because I didn't have your das. Now here's a chiddush. Remember, we said chalitza is not valid unless they both knew what they were doing. But Reb held as follows. Reb held, and this touched on something we learned yesterday, that if you start the process of chalitza, even if it's not valid, it's the, the fact that you, she took off his shoe prohibits him from ever doing yibam to her in the future. So she's not permitted to everybody else. But since the start of a chalitza was done, the yavam can no longer halachically marry her. So this woman anyway is impossible for him to ever get her money. It's impossible for him to ever enter a relationship with her. So he says, listen, now that you're not getting her money anyway, go do a proper chalitza with das, with intent, in order to allow her to uh, marry somebody else. Okay? So this is actually a, a novel concept, a novel idea. Two, two big ideas that we're learning. First of all, we knew that chalitza needs das, but you could place a condition on a chalitza where he thinks it's being done right, and even if you don't follow through on the chalitza, it's going to be valid. That was chiddush number one. Chiddush number two is that if somebody does an invalid chalitza, you still cannot perform the yibum process. It's not a valid chalitza, but because the, a step of the process was done, you can no longer marry her. That's the added chiddush, the added novel idea over here. Another story. Bas of Papa, the, the daughter, Chamua of Papa, the daughter of Rav Papa's father-in-law. Okay? The daughter of Rav Papa's father-in-law. Okay. So, Nafal Fayyavim Shein Hagunlah. She was now a Yavama to somebody else, another son in law, we'll call him. And it wasn't a good shidduch. It wasn't proper for her. It was. Asla Kameh Abaye. So, the Yavam came to Abaye. Amarlei, Chalitzla, Abaye says, Do Chalitza to her. He tricks him. Do Chalitza, and that's going to be a marriage. Amarlei, Rav Papa. Rav Papa says, What do you mean? If you don't have intent, it's not a valid chalitza. So <laughs> you're trying to trick him, but your trick's not working. She says, So what am I supposed to tell him? You, this is fascinating. The chachamim here, this, this, is, this is beautiful. What the chachamim are trying to do is help her out. Help a lady out. She doesn't want it. There's a mitzvah. They're trying to, so, so the idea was, trick him. That... So the Gemara says, but what about Rabbi Echenon says, trickery doesn't work. Trickery by making him think it's a marriage ain't going to cut it. So he says, what should I do? He says, I'll tell you what to do. Amar Lay, say to him, Chalitzla, it's going to be a valid Chalitza, but do it and we'll pay you off. And then don't pay him off. Chalitzla, I'm going to ask pay him off on condition that, that you'll be paid. Okay, so that's what they did. The Bosar, the Chalitzla, 
after Chalitza was done, Omar Lay, he says to her, so Abaye said to the Obama, Zil Havle, go pay him off. Yeah, go pay him off. Now we, we promised the guy money, go pay him off. Omar Lay, Sir Baba says back to Abaye, no, 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 no. She doesn't need to pay him. She doesn't need to pay him. Mishata Ani of the light. She could say to him, I tricked you. Nan Nan Kishkish. Yeah? What's the last letter of the Aleph Bays? Tough. You're not getting the money. Mila Tanya, did we learn it? This is Allah Khalamaisa. You hear this? If somebody's running away from captivity. Guys, you have a yid. He's captured by uh, bandits. He runs away. He's got to cross over a river. There's a boat in order to free himself. He says to the captain of the boat, No, just get going. I'll pay for the whole boat. Here, take a million dollars. Whatever it is, take me over, I'll pay you a mint. I'll pay you a mint. You know what the Allah is? The boat owner can only charge regular fee. Even though he promised all the money in the beginning. He can only charge regular fee. Alma, you see from here, you see that the guy running away could say, I fooled you, you had an obligation to save my life. This is, you know, you, you weren't, I didn't have time to explain the whole situation or you wouldn't have listened to me or whatever. And therefore, I just have to pay you the normal amount. I can say, So over here as well, she should be able to say to him, listen, the yibum wasn't appropriate. It wasn't a tzuka pasta shidduch. You were really supposed to do chalitz on me anyway. So I fooled you. That's how I got you to do it. Amar Lei. she says to him, Avucha hecha, where's your father? Amar he says, Bemasa, he's in the city. Emach hecha, where's your mother? Amar Lei, he said in the city, Yavlu, Ene, Vishchivan, Abai looked at him and he died. Abaye was an orphaned person, and Rav Papa um, was a very, very blessed individual, and he kept arguing with Abaye, and you see from here just a, a beautiful concept we want to focus on for a minute. It's a very, uh, call it scary, but it's also beautiful, in the uh, obligation of a person to really be careful about um, information you share with others. Because they may not have the blessing that you have. They may not have that blessing. And they may be upset about it, which can cause an ayin hara. And an ayin hara causes that, you know, when there's ayin hara, HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes a second look at everything that you have. And it can really lead to, uh, to a, person's, uh, a person's downfall. I want to pause here for a moment. I want to pause here for a moment. Okay. And here's the... Overriding question. Okay, we're now up to the two dots on our body. Here's the overriding question. We said you can't tell the guy a chalitza is a marriage. That's not going to work. But you could tell him it's a valid chalitza and we'll give you a lot of money. And then you could say, Mishatanibach, I was playing with you, I was tricking you. Right? It's like kids in school. Yeah, they say, uh, they, they, they'll tell a lie. And they'll say, Oh, you're just gullible. I'm not gullible, you're a liar. <laughs> right? I trust people, that's it. <laughs> well, why should I assume, why should I assume that you're not telling the truth? What does that mean? So, what's this whole Avaida over here, and why does it even work, where you tell, where, where you, you, um, you, you, where we, we tell the guy it's going to be a Chalitza, and then you don't pay up, and it's still a valid Chalitza? Aren't we tricking him? Isn't it a lie? Maybe the whole thing sh- shouldn't work in the first place. So this is such a foundational idea, by the way, in the power of words 
and that everything that exists needs to be sourced in Torah. It cannot be sourced on anything other than Torah. And, and let's ask a question. And then we're going to learn the top Rashi on today's Amud. We're going to go all the way back to the top Rashi on today's Amud. Here's the question. How do I know that I'm allowed to make a condition about something? How do I know I can make a condition? I'll say it like this. I say to you, I'll give you $50 on condition that you hop on one foot for five minutes. Maybe I should have to give you $50 even if you don't meet the condition. How do you know placing a condition on something works? And even if you hop on one foot for five, how do I know that that's a valid condition? What makes a condition something dependent on the condition or maybe something is independent of the condition? How do you know? So I want to learn together the first, the, the top Rashi. We'll read it through quick and then we'll discuss it outside. The top Rashi on today's daf says, Do chalitza with her on condition that we give you 200 zuz. Says Rashi, even though you don't end up giving it to him, it's going to be a valid chalitza. You know why? As, as, as is learned out and explained in Perak Hamadir, in Tractate Ksuvas and Mesachas Ksuvas, that Ayin Dalit Amud Aleph, 74a. Okay. Now, what do we learn out from Ksuvas? Listen to this. Second line in Rashi. In order to make a condition, you look at when a condition was made in the Torah. And you know when a condition was made in the Torah? By the tribes of Gud and Reuven. When the Jewish people were in the Transjordan, in Abraham So we're about to enter Eretz Yisrael. And they came to Maish And they said to Maish No, we want to stay here. So what did Maish say to them? You can have this land on condition. Now listen to exactly to what Maish Rabbeinu said. He says, If you fight to conquer the land of Israel with the other tribes and help them, then after everything is settled, you'll get the land over here. And if you don't fight with them, you're not going to get the land over here. It's what we call a Tanai Kuffel, a doubled condition. Why didn't Amash just say, if you fight with them, you'll get the land? You can imply, if you don't, you know. The Torah doesn't let us imply that. Amash had to say it. And if you don't, you know. So you see from here, in order for a condition to even work, it has to be doubled. So if I say to you, in order to obligate me on my condition, I can say it like this. If you hop on one foot for five minutes, I'll give you $50. I don't have to give you 50 bucks. But if I then say, and if you don't hop on one foot, I won't give you $50. So that, that, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, there's something else that took place in that story. And that is that Yehoshua kind of accepted the condition as a messenger on behalf of the shape of the Shvatah. Which means in order for a condition to be valid, it has to be capable of being done through a messenger. If it's not capable of being done through a messenger, it's not a valid condition. So, what Rashi's about to tell us, and I'm really just speaking this out, we could have read it inside, but you know, it's just uh, easier like this. So, here's the problem with Chalitza. Can a Yavam set a Shliach, set an agent, to say, you go in my place to my Yavama, stick your foot out, and she'll take the shoe off and spit, 
and I'm, I'm making you my messenger. Is that going to be valid? The answer is no. You can't do that. By a marriage, you could. I could appoint a marriage to put a, wing, a ring on a woman's finger, and he's acting on my behalf. Chalitza's got to be the Yavam's the foot. So since... Why? We're going to learn from the Pesukim. Ragloi, it has to be his... Okay. So, since it's E-Efshir, it's impossible for it to be done, no condition that's ever attached to Chalitza ever holds weight. Hence, it doesn't start. That's why she doesn't even have to pay. Because it's like nothing ever happened. You say, if you do Chalitza, then I'll give you $200. First of all, you didn't double it. Second of all, it's not done all It's not possible to be done through a messenger. Hence, that whole part of the condition doesn't exist. It doesn't, it, it, there's no string connecting it to Chalitza. So all that happened here is a Chalitza. And whether or not the condition was fulfilled doesn't matter. Because it's not a condition to be fulfilled. All I'm left with is a valid Chalitza. That's the underlying lumbus. That's the kishkas of why this is all happening. And that's, that's uh, what Rashi is about. Tell us, we're now going to turn to, let's just read this inside quickly. The second line of Rashi, we'll finish up Rashi. Every condition is learned out from the tribes of God and Reuven. So any tenai, any condition that's done through a messenger, the same way Maisha set up Yehoshua to be the messenger to, for the land of Gilad, have a tana. That condition is a valid condition. And any condition that's not possible to be done through a shliach, like for example, chalitza, ain't tenai mayoba. So the condition never worked, it never started. And this is the underlying kishkas of this entire concept. Okay? So again, as long as the Yavam knows that the removal of the shoe is going to cause a separation between him and her, it's valid. Even if he thought he's getting 200 bucks, doesn't matter. It's already valid. Does she have to pay? No. Not obligated to pay either. Ah, you said it's a condition. No, it's not a condition. You have to look at the Torah to know when a condition is a valid condition. You can't just make something up. If it's not source of Torah, it's not a condition. Okay. Let's keep going. Gavaldic two dots. Tanu Rabbanam. Ah. Told you. Wide-ranging daf. Wide-ranging daf. Tanu Rabbanam. The rabbis learned, and that's why the rabbis. Chalitza muta'as kshera. A chalitza that was performed by mistake is still kosher. Get muta'a, but a get, that's trick, you know, it's done by mistake. Puzzle. It's puzzle, it's not valid. Okay, can't trick into a get. Chalitza me'ushes psula. A chalitza that's done by pressuring, okay, is puzzle. Get me'usa, kosher. But a get that's a divorce that's given under pressure is going to be valid. You hear this? So in one way, chalitza is more lenient because if it's done by mistake, it's good. And in some ways, get is more lenient in that if it's done by, we'll call it a little bit of force, a little bit of uh, pressure, it's still going to be valid. Says the dummy, what's the case? If the husband, either by the chalitza or the get, he says, right, Sani, I want, I want to do it. You twist his arm until he says, uncle. I want to do it. So, even chalitza should be good. 
The Gemara is saying, what's the case where it's a valid get? Right? The guy says, I'm not giving her a get, not giving her a get. So what do they do? Yeah? They do whatever they do. And they say, you, you sure you still don't want to give a get? Well, how about now? How about now? And he says, yeah, I want to give a get. It's valid. Well, if it's valid, that should work by Chalitza as well. And if he doesn't say, I want it, get nami loy. So even under get, it shouldn't work. So Gemara says, Hachi Gamar, this is what we mean. Chalitza mutas la'ilam kosher. Chalitza done by mistake. Remember what was the case of, of mistake? You promised extra, you, you condition the extra money. The get ma'uta and a get given by mistake, la'ilam posel, that's certainly not good. Chalitza ma'useis v'get ma'usa. What about chalitza and get that are done by pressure? Zimn and kosher v'zimn and posel. Sometimes it's going to make it a valid chalitza and get, and sometimes it won't be. How do you know when it's valid, when it's not? If he ultimately said, I want to give the get, I want to do the chalitza, it's going to be valid by both. And if he doesn't say it, then it's not going to be valid. Ditanya. Now how do you know, this is such an important limud, for what it means to be a Jew. Incredible. Listen closely. How do we know that pressuring somebody till he, till he says, I want, is really called want? Because we learned in Ebrisa, Yakriv Aisai, the Pasuk says that when um, somebody's obligated to bring a carbon, he should bring it, which means Malamid Shekaifin Aisai. If somebody has a chiv to bring a carbon, an obligation, we force him until he brings it. Now, the problem is, says the Gemara, Yacho Bal does that mean you could force him like against his will? No. You can't. You know why? Because by the laws of sacrifices, Talmud Lomar alert Sono. It has to be with his Ratzon. It has to be with his will. If you're forcing him and it's not with his will, it's not even going to be a valid carbon. So what's the point? You want him to bring a carbon. But if he brings it, it's not going to be valid anyway because it doesn't have his Ratzon. So what are you supposed to do? It is. Hakeitzad. So we're stuck. What do we do? Says the Gemara incredible. We twist his arm until he says, I want uncle. I want him. And so too you're allowed to do by a get. You force him until he says, right, Zani, say, says the Rambam. And this comes down to, here's the beautiful limud in life. Ready? Says the Rambam. Why does this work? Because every Yid really wants to do the right thing. And the problem is we have a Yitzhahara standing in our way. So you know what sometimes you need to do? You have to force the Yitzhahara out of the Yid. And you twist his arm until he says, you know what? I really want to do this. Because he really wants to do this. It's not like he really doesn't want to do it. We're actually the opposite of Paro. We're actually the opposite of Paro. What happened by Paro? Did Hashem take away Paro's Bechira? It says, you know, he brought a plague and then Hashem hardened the heart of Paro. He hardened the heart of Paro. So why is Paro held accountable? Because here, this was Paro. You know who Paro was? Paro was like this. Paro was a no good for nothing. He doesn't want to do anything. So what happens? Hashem says, okay, Paro, you're a mean guy. You're not, you're not too swell. Yeah? All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to twist your arm. We're going to bring blood. Yeah, we're going to make it worse. We're going to make it worse. He twists his arm, say uncle, say uncle, say uncle. Finally, Paro says, okay, uncle, I'll let them leave. Mercy. What did he say, uncle? When I was a kid, he said uncle. Mercy. You know what I'm talking about, right? Twist the arm, he said mercy. All right, he says mercy. I'll let them leave. So you release the pressure. And what does it mean, Hashem, uh, Hashem hardened the heart of Paro? 
Hashem allowed Paru's heart to go back to what he wanted all along. He never wanted to let us leave. <laughs> it wasn't his plan. All right. No, if you're going to twist my arm and it's going to be pain, so I'll let them go. But it's not that... I, I, the, the, the plagues is what took away his Bechira. As soon as the plague is gone, Paro went back to having Bechira. He said, no, they're not leaving. But it is the opposite. We want to bring our carbonas Every year, it's called the Pintali of the Spark of a Year. We want to do the right thing. We want to give a get to our wives. We want to do what the Ratz and Hashem we want to do what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. But sometimes the Yitzhahara is too strong. So you know what we do? We force the Yitzhahara out of the person. And once the Yitzhahara is forced out of the person, he says, right, Sani? Oh, you said right, Sani? That's talk what you want. We're going to listen to that. That's the Kayach. That's, that's the power that we have. Hence, a get mutah which Chachamim determined is the right thing to do, is going to be valid. Mom is beautiful. Okay. Chalitza could be done even if they don't show you their IDs. Yeah, you don't know exactly who the husband is. Yavman Yavama show up the best. You don't know who they are. They say this, we got to do Chalitza. Do you need to take their driver's license and passports? No. Memanin and also Mion is done. Even though we don't uh, we don't know who she is, she comes. She says, "I refuse the marriage." Okay, so you don't have to start checking their IDs. Therefore, if you have Adim witnesses who mamish need to sign on who this is, they cannot write a a. Uh, a get chalitza, a, a divorce called a chalitza, until um, until we actually know for a fact that uh, we know we know the whole set of circumstances over here. Okay, the inkaisven get mion ella mk makirim. Same thing with mion the chashinon lebezdin toyim because there is a possibility that they're tricking the bezdin. So we'll do the process. But as far as documentation, then they're going to have to show something. And Rav disagrees. He says, no, no, the whole process of Chalitza should only be done if we are aware of who the Yavam and the Yavama is. Okay? We don't want... We are concerned people might trick this. People might, uh, you know, it might lead to, to uh, trickery. And... Therefore, we write get uh, chalitza, even though we don't recognize them, because anyway, it's you know, uh, you know, and anyway, we needed to know who they were in the first place. And we're not concerned about bezdin possibly making a mistake because they never would have got together in the first place if they didn't already know what's happening over here. They weren't already aware. Now, this is such a beautiful uh, and, and really deep message that Rav is sharing with us. Rav is saying, you should know something when it comes, and this is so true, it's incredible, when it comes to um, getting out of a marriage, when it either gets messy or whatever, people will, people will resort to whatever it takes to allow them to move ahead with whatever they choose they need to move ahead in. So, you don't know the Yavman Yavama and they come on? You, you might have a Yavama who, um, whatever reason, can't make it to Besdin, but she so desperately wants to be able to remarry, she'll send a lookalike, a doppelganger, is that what they call yeah, in her stead, something like that, right? Well, we're concerned that people might resort to, to things. Okay, fine. 
Here we go. Top of Kuf Vav Amud Beis Bez Hashem will be Zaycha. In the remaining time, to be able to finish the parak. Here we go. Says the Mishnah. Mitzvah Chalitza. How do you do Chalitza? Remember, that's the whole parak. All about Chalitza. Here's what they would do. Here's the whole process. The Yomani Vama come to Bezin. And they would give him advice that works for him. They would tell him whether, you know, what's in his best interest. They would talk to him. The Yomaris. And then she would say, My Yavam is Mion. He's refusing to carry on his brother's name in Kal Yisrael. He doesn't want to marry me. He doesn't want to do Yibum. And the brother says, The Yavam says, I don't want to marry her. And they would say everything in Lashon Kaidish. Interesting, it had to be done in Hebrew. It had to be done in Hebrew. It had to be done with the, uh, exactly with the Psukim, the way it's written in the Torah. The Nikshi Yavimta a love, the Pasuk says, and then the, Yav, the Yavama approaches him, and the eyes of the Zakanim, the Cholza Nalay Me'al Ragloi, and she removes his shoe from his leg, the Yarka Bevanov, and she spits before him, okay? She spits in front of him, which means towards him, Raik Hanir Ladayanim, the judges have to see the actual saliva come out of her mouth. The Ansava Umra, and she. Says, she responds and she says, Such shall be done to the man. What does that remind you of? Who refuses to build his brother's home. That's what she did after she took off his shoe and spit. And until here is is what they would tell the Yavama to say. Meaning, that's what needed to be done. Okay. Rabbi Horkin is Tachas Bikfar Eitam, when Rav Horkinus would read this under the tree in Kfar Eitam, the Gomorrah is called a Parsha. He would actually finish the whole Parsha in the Torah. is Parsha. And since he started doing that, that kind of became the Minug, that we would read additional Psukim, and the Yavama would say all of the Psukim in the Torah that has to do with the laws of Yibam. Venikrash might be Israel, and. Um, and um, the, this is the Pasuk in the Torah. The Pasuk says, And his name is called in Yisrael, The house, this brother now, is the house of the one whose shoe was taken off. The, the Dayanim are the ones who should say, and the, and the mitzvah to do it is not on the Talmidim. Okay? Meaning, the judges should be the one to say it and not those gathered around. Sometimes you have people gathered around are the ones who should be responding. This is on the judges. The mitzvah is on everybody there to be the ones who say um, that everybody else uh, should have been, you know, also are supposed to be involved in the, uh, in the statement. Says the Gemara. Here's what they would do. You ready? She would say the psukim. And he would say the psukim. She would take off his shoe and spit, and then she would say the psukim. So again, they would both say psukim, take off the shoe, spit, and then only she says the psukim. My kamashlam, what's the chiddush? Masis and he. Hakamashlam mitzvah hachi. This is the best way to do it. Ve'i apichlei lan ba. But if it gets switched around, all right, fine. But the other, once it's done, it's going to be okay. Tanya me'ach learned the bar similarly. Bein shehikdim chalitzel rakiga. Whether 
the shoe was taken on before the spit. Whether the spit was done before the shoe, but the other, it's okay. Amr says, If somebody reads out the document of a chalitza, he shouldn't read the Yavama, you shouldn't put a comma between the word loy and ova yavmi. Loy means he is not. Ova yavmi, uh, uh, desiring to take me. You shouldn't put a comma between those words. Why? Demashma ova yavmi. Because it, se- it, it seems to, to give off a connotation that, that um, he, he, ova yavmi, he wants to take me. Ella, rather, you know what you have to say? Loy ova yavmi. He does not want to take me. Certain places, you, you, you have to make sure you put the comma in the right place. There's another place, by the way, in davening. This is just an example. It comes up actually a few places. But there's one place in davening where you have to be very careful where you put the comma. Otherwise, it changes the whole meaning of the Pesach. I'm, I'm only, I shouldn't say one. There's a few places. But one known one, as, as uh, mentioned in the Svarim, is in Az Yashir. Az Yashir. In Az Yashir, the Pesach says... When the Egyptians drowned, Salalu Kaiferes Bimayim Adirim. You know those words, Salalu Kaiferes Mayim Adirim. So really, the Pusik has to, which seems to imply Mayim Adirim, if you just say Mayim Adirim, means strong waters. But Salalu Kaiferes is they, they sunk like lead, Bimayim in the water, Adirim, the strong ones. So really, it's important to say Salalu Kaiferes Bimayim, who? Adirim. Take a little pause. Otherwise, it's, otherwise, it changes the whole meaning of the Pasuk. And that's what we're saying over here as well. Also, you shouldn't say to him, He shouldn't say, he shouldn't, let's see grandma. <laughs> Very good, Robert. And commas save lives. Very good. Um, so, uh, um, you shouldn't, he shouldn't say, He shouldn't say, No, I want. He should say, I don't want. Make sure not to put the wrong comma. If you say, No, I want. That seems he wants to do it. So he can't say that. Rather, you got to say it straight through. I do not want to take her. That's the yeshiva's joke as well. Robert's bringing up the let's see grandma joke, right? Comma save lives. But there's another joke about the, there's a yeshiva guy running at the public pool. And the lifeguard screams at him. He's like, hey, kid, can't you read the sign? It says walking, no running. <laughs> Shiva guy says, no, you can't read. It says walking, no, running. <laughs> yeah. You have to know how to read a Gemara. You have to know how to read a Gemara. All right. So you have to make sure. Right, here we go. Rabba Maharabba says, Afsuke Milsahi, that really there's a hefsik, there's a break in between and as, as far as making a, making a break inside of a, of a uh, expression or a statement, we are not concerned. Meaning as long as you finish off your statement, we're not so makbid of what it's going to sound like. As long as people know what you're doing. You're taking off the shoe and you're going to say, all right, you finished off your statement. You said, I didn't want. It could sound like, I don't. That's okay. He's not so concerned. Ravashi, uh, he found Rav Kahana, who was very careful. The Kometzar means he was in pain about it, but he means he's being careful. 
to make sure that the Yavama would say, Lai Avayabi. The Yavama doesn't want me. Omar Lay, he says, Lay Rabba. Rabba says, doesn't really matter. You could chill. Doesn't matter. As long as you finish the statement, it's okay. Omar Lay, he says, No, Rava agrees that it's a problem with this particular Prasuk. Because otherwise, Imamish changes the entire. Um, he, he agrees with. Maida Rava, Rava agrees with the Pasuk of Yavmi, other, that you got to say it together, otherwise it changes the whole meaning. Now, here, now let's get into this. Amar Abaye. Abaye says, now we're going to really fully understand the Psukim and how exactly they're supposed to be read. Haiman the Kosav Gita the Khalitza. So if a person is writing a document of Khalitza, Lichtai Vachi, this is what you write. This is what you should write. We told her, we were careful what she said from. My, uh, you know, the brother won't marry me until the pasuk of the of uh, being uh, wanting to do yibam. And we also read to and, and we read to her milai ad lakachta from the word lai until lakachta. These are all psukim in the Torah. And we called out to her to read the to, with the words min ad Okay, fine. In other words. You don't have to write out every word that she said. As long as you write the beginning of whatever she said and the end of whatever she said, you could write that in a document. That's okay. Marzucha mishartet v'kosavakula parsha. But Marzucha would actually write in the document every last word that was uttered. Maskafla marbaridi marbaridi. That's a challenging question. But what do you mean? Why are you writing down every last word? You're not supposed to write an entire pasuk from something that. Um, you know that's not part of a uh, not part of a safer tire. So why are we why are we uh, writing out entire psukim? He's asking a, a general halacha. So the Gemara says, but you should know the marzutra. The halacha, the bottom line is like marzutra, who says that the entire psukim should be written out. Amra Abayi says, Rakika v'kalatasai haruach. Let's get a little bit into the spitting. We haven't discussed that too much in our parak. Yeah, we discussed there is a spitting, and the people need to see it. Spit in front of him. Let's discuss the spitting a little bit. Amr Abayi says, if she spits, and instead of landing in front of him, it was very windy, and the spit flew somewhere else. It didn't work. My time away. It has to be right in front of him. If let's say he's tall and she's short, and the wind blew it away, it's called Bifanov. You know why? Because since he's taller than her, as soon as she spit in a downward motion, it's already called lower, it's already called in front of him. Hiarucha Bugot. So let's say she's tall and he's short, and then it gets blown away before it ever got in front of his body, because she's look you know, she's seven feet tall and he's four foot ten. And she's looking down and it gets spit away, it never got in front of him. Um it's got to at least have gotten face level for him. That's called in front of him, and then went away. That will be valid. Otherwise, uh, otherwise you're gonna to have to do it again. says, If let's say <laughs> she has halitosis, yeah, she ate tuma. You know, what tuma is garlic, garlic. Yeah, she was eating garlic. or she was chewing on gargishta, some sort of gum. So you know, she's chewing on something. That's not called spit. That's not called spit. You know why? My time. The yarka may atzma beinon This is incredible. The spit has to come from something. No outside causes. There are certain foods that cause you to want to spit because of the food. Here, the spit has to be 
just because of the chalitza. Got to be because of the chalitza and for no other reason. Rav also says, They have to see it, like we saw earlier. Period. Gavaldik. Last piece of Gemara to finish off the parak. Here we go. Vinikrash might be Yisrael based on The Pusik says this person's name, the Yavam's name, should be called in Klal Yisrael, the one whose shoe was taken off. The mitzvah is for the Dayanim to say this and not the people sitting around. Tanu learned in a brisa. Here we go. Amar Rabbi Huna. Rabbi Huna says, "Pamachas one time in the Yishim for every tarf. We are saying from the tarf in Uvasa v'Uvasa Yavama lachloit, and the Yavama came to have chalitza done. The Amar Lanu. Okay, so we are sitting. We are in front of Rabbi Tarfin. A Yavama comes, and Rabbi Tarfin said, "Anu kulchem. Everybody here watching should respond. Chalutz anal, chalutz anal, chalutz anal." Three times, everybody should say, he's the one whose shoe was taken off, he's the one whose shoe was taken off, he's the one whose shoe was taken off, which seems to imply that practically speaking, we follow the halacha, that it's not only on the dayanim, but it's on the people there who are supposed to call out these words. Hadron Allah, mitzvah chalitza, Hadron Allah, mitzvah chalitza, Hadron Allah, mitzvah chalitza, beautiful, beautiful parak, the 12th parak of Yavamis, and Bezim, tomorrow we will pick up with the 13th parak, of Yavamas Mazeltov, everybody who completed the Perak. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.